0: Chapter Forty Six of History of the World War by Francis March and Richard Beamish. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read by Marianne. Chapter Forty Six. Bulgaria deserts Germany. During the year nineteen sixteen, there was little movement in the Balkans. The Allies had settled down at Saloniki and entrenched themselves so strongly that their positions were practically impregnable. These entrenchments were on slopes facing north heavily wired and with seven miles of swamp before them, over which an attacking army would have to pass. It was obviously inadvisable to withdraw entirely the armies at Saloniki. So long as they were there it was possible at any time to make an attack on Bulgaria in case Russia or Romania should need such assistance, and moreover it was evident that it was only the presence of the Saloniki army that kept Greece neutral. During the year there were a few fights which were little more than skirmishes. Almost all of the German soldiers had been withdrawn, and it was chiefly the Bulgarian army that was facing the Allies. On May twenty sixth, Bulgarian forces advanced into Greece and occupied Fort Rupel, with the acquiescence of the Greek government. The Greeks were in a difficult position. It was not unnatural that King Constantine and the Greek general staff believed that the Allies had small chance of victory, moreover they had no special ambitions which could be satisfied by a war against the central powers on the other hand turkey was a hereditary enemy and the big sea coast would put them at the mercy of the british navy in case they should join their fortunes to those of austro germany to an impartial observer their policy of neutrality if not heroic was at least wise the greek government therefore did its best to preserve neutrality the surrender of fort rupel was not however a neutral act and roused in greece a strong popular protest venizelos who at all times was strongly friendly to the allies and was one of the great greek statesmen who not only believed in their ultimate victory but who saw that the true interests of greece were in anatolia and the islands of the aegean was strongly opposed to king constantine's action the allies showed their resentment by a pacific blockade to prevent the export of coal to greece with the object of preventing supplies from reaching the enemy. This led to a certain amount of excitement and the allied embassies in Athens were insulted by mobs. The governments, therefore, presented an ultimatum commanding the demobilization of the Greek army, the appointment of a neutral ministry, and the calling of a new election for the Greek chamber of deputies, as well as the proper punishment of those who were guilty of the disorder. In substance, the Greeks yielded to the allied demand, but before a new election could be held an attack by the Bulgarians on the 17th of August changed the situation. The Bulgarian armies entered deep into Greek territory in the eastern provinces and captured the city of Kavala without resistance from the armies of Greece. A portion of the Greek army at Kavala surrendered and was taken to Germany as guests of the German government. This action of the Greek army led to a Greek revolution which broke out at Salonika on the 30th of August the king pursued a tortuous policy, professing neutrality and yet constantly bringing himself under suspicion. The revolutionists organized an army, and finally M. Venizelos, after strong efforts to induce the king to act, became the head of the provisional government of the revolutionists. The armies pursued a policy almost as tortuous as that of King Constantine. They could not agree among themselves as to the proper policy and took no decided course, king constantine apparently had the support of russia and of italy meantime the fighting against bulgaria was still proceeding the main force of the allies was directed against the city of monastir which after considerable fighting was captured on november nineteenth this gave the serbians possession of an important point in their own country and naturally proved a great stimulus to the serbian armies from that time on and during the year nineteen seventeen little was done minor offences were undertaken some of which like the allied attack upon Doarin, deserve mention but on the whole the fighting was a stalemate meanwhile the action of the greek government had become so unsatisfactory that it was finally determined to demand the abdication of king constantine and on june eleventh he found himself compelled to yield in his proclamation he said obeying necessity of fulfilling my duty toward greece i am departing from my beloved country accompanied by the heir to the crown and I leave my son Alexander on the throne. I beg you to accept my decision with calm. Early the next morning the king and his family set sail for Italy on his way to Switzerland, where he became another king in exile. His son Alexander accepted the throne and issued the following proclamation. At the moment when my august father, making supreme sacrifice toward dear country, entrusted to me the heavy duties of the Hellenic throne, I expressed but one single wish—that God, hearing his prayer, will protect greece that he will permit us to see her again united and powerful. In my grief at being separated in circumstances so critical from my well-beloved father, I have a single consolation, to carry out his sacred mandate which I will endeavor to realize with all my power, following the lines of his brilliant reign, with the help of the people upon whose love the Greek dynasty is supported. I am convinced that in obeying the wishes of my father, the people by their submission will do their part in enabling us together— to rescue our dear country from the terrible situation in which it finds itself the whole country to all appearances received the abdication with satisfaction on june twenty first Monsieur venizelos came to athens and the greek chamber which was illegally dissolved in nineteen fifteen was convoked and venizelos once again became prime minister at last he had succeeded and he proceeded at once to join the whole of the grecian forces to the cause of the allies of all the statesmen prominent in the Great War, there was none more wise, more consistent, or more loyal than the great Greek statesmen. For more than a year, the Allied armies facing Bulgaria remained upon the defensive, when, suddenly, on the 16th of September, 1918, in the midst of the wonderful movements that were forcing back the German armies in France, a dispatch was received from the Allied forces in Macedonia the serbian army in cooperation with french and english forces had attacked the bulgarian positions on a ten-mile front had stormed those positions and progressed more than five miles on the next day news was received that the advance was continuing that the allies had occupied an important series of ridges and had pierced the bulgarian front that more than three thousand prisoners had been captured and twenty-four guns the movement took place about twelve miles east of monastir and the ridge of sokol and the town of Gredeshnitsa were captured by the Allied troops. It soon became evident that one of the most important movements in the whole war was being carried on. The Bulgarian armies were crumbling, and the German troops sent to aid them had been put to flight. The Allied troops had advanced on an average of ten miles and were continuing to advance. The Serbs, fighting at last near their own homes, were showing their real military strength. Four thousand prisoners had been taken, with an enormous quantity of war supplies, The Bulgarian positions which had yielded so easily were positions which they had been fortifying for three years and had been previously thought to be impregnable. On September 23rd, it became evident that the retreat of the Bulgarians had turned into a rout. Notwithstanding reinforcements of Germans and Bulgars rushed down in a frantic effort to check them, the Allied armies were advancing on an eighty five mile front, crushing all resistance. The Italian army on the west was meeting with equal success and the news dispatches reported that the first Bulgarian army in the region of Prilep had been cut off. A dispatch received by the British War Office reported, as the result of attacks and continual heavy pressure by British and German troops, in conjunction with the French and Serbian advance further west, the enemy has evacuated his whole line from Doiren to the west of the Vardar. As it retreated, the Bulgarian army was burning supplies and destroying ammunition dumps, burning railway stations and ravaging the country by this time it was felt throughout the allied world that the bulgarian defeat would have important political consequences it was remembered that a short time before king ferdinand had paid a visit to germany and after long conferences with the german warlord had hastily returned to bulgaria it was recalled that there had been many signs of a serious disorder in bulgaria where the socialist party had been in close touch with the advanced parties of the ukrainian republic it seemed possible that the bulgarian defeats had been brought about by bulgarian dissension and it was also evident that germany was in no position to offer effective support to its bulgarian accomplice as the days passed by the news from this front became more and more favorable at all points the bulgarian armies were retreating in the most disorderly manner closely pursued by the serbians french english italians and greeks bulgarian troops were deserting in thousands and thousands of others were surrendering without resistance on september twenty sixth it was announced that the bulgar front had disappeared that the armies had been cut into a number of groups and were fleeing before the allied troops town after town was being captured with enormous quantities of stores on friday september twenty seventh it was announced that bulgaria had asked the allies for an armistice of forty-eight hours with a view to making peace the situation was now causing intense excitement the germans tried to minimize the bulgarian surrender a dispatch from Berlin declared that Premier Manilov's offer of an armistice was made without the support of other members of the cabinet or of King Ferdinand, and that Germany would make a solemn protest against it. German newspapers were demanding Manilov be dismissed immediately and court-martialed for high treason. The Berlin message asserted that the Premier's offer had created great dissatisfaction in Bulgaria and that strong military measures had been taken to support the Bulgarian front. According to statements from SOFIA, it was added a counter-movement against the action of the Premier had already been set on foot. It was declared in Germany that the Premier's act was the result of Germany's refusal to send sufficient reinforcements to Bulgaria. Secretary Lansing made the announcement that the United States government had received a proposal for an armistice. It appeared that Bulgaria had been maneuvering toward peace for some time, The Bulgarians had foreseen their inability to meet the expected Allied attack, and had made every effort to obtain German reinforcements. Moreover, they were highly dissatisfied with the treatment they had received from Germany in connection with Bulgaria's dispute with Turkey as to territorial dispositions to be made after the war. Probably the most important reason, however, for the Bulgarian overthrow was that by this time they were sick of the war. They had not, in the first place, gone into it with any enthusiasm and though they could fight bravely enough against their Serbian foe, no true Bulgarian could ever feel himself in a natural position facing his old-time Russian friend. Bulgaria had come to the end. Manilov, the premier, had from the beginning been opposed to the war. Mobs in Sofia were demanding surrender. Ferdinand was compelled to give way to the wishes of his cabinet and his people, and in spite of the fact that he had promised the Kaiser to remain faithful to the alliance, he gave his consent to the movement for an unconditional surrender. An official Bulgarian statement read as follows In view of the conjunction of circumstances which have recently arisen, and after the position had been jointly discussed with all competent authorities, the Bulgarian government, desiring to put an end to the bloodshed, has authorized the commander-in-chief of the army to propose to the generalissimo of the armies of the entente at Saloniki a cessation of hostilities and the entering into of negotiations for obtaining an armistice and peace. The members of the Bulgarian delegation left yesterday evening in order to get in touch with the plenipotentiaries of the Entente belligerents. This statement was dated September 24th. When the Bulgarian officers entrusted with the proposal for an armistice presented themselves at Saloniki, General de Esprit gave the following reply. My response cannot be, by reason of the military situation, other than the following. I can accord neither an armistice nor suspension of hostilities tending to interrupt the operation in course. On the other hand, I will receive with all due courtesy the delegates duly qualified of the royal Bulgarian government. The Bulgarian delegates were General Lenkov, commander of the Bulgarian Second Army, Monsieur Leipchev, finance minister, Monsieur Redef, a former member of the Bulgarian cabinet. On the evening of the 29th an armistice was signed. The terms of the surrender were approved by the Entente governments, and hostilities ceased at noon September 30th the terms of the armistice were as follows bulgaria agrees to evacuate all the territory she now occupies in greece and serbia to demobilize her army immediately and surrender all means of transport to the allies bulgaria also will surrender her boats and control of navigation on the danube and concede to the allies free passage through bulgaria for the development of military operations all Bulgarian arms and ammunition are to be stored under the control of the Allies, to whom it is conceded the right to occupy all important strategic points. The military occupation of Bulgaria will be entrusted to British, French, and Italian forces, and the evacuated portions of Greece and Serbia respectively to Greek and Serbian troops. This armistice meant a complete military surrender, and Bulgaria ceased to be a belligerent. All questions of territorial rearrangement in the Balkans were purposely omitted from the Convention, the allies made no stipulation concerning king ferdinand his position being considered an internal matter one for the bulgarians themselves to deal with the armistice was to remain in operation until the final general peace was concluded the request of bulgaria for an armistice and peace stunned germany which at that time was living in an atmosphere of political crisis and military misfortune the german papers laid much of the blame on the desperate economic conditions in bulgaria which had been made worse by political strife. After the Bulgarian collapse, the Serbians, with the other Allied troops who had just recaptured Uskob, swept northward to drive the remaining Germans and Austrians out of Serbia and beyond the Danube. On October 13th, they captured Nish, thus cutting the famous Orient Railroad from Berlin to Constantinople. German authorities announced that henceforth trains on this line would run only to the Serbian border on october fourth king ferdinand abdicated his throne in favor of his son crown prince boris and left Sofia the same night for vienna before leaving he issued the following manifesto renouncing the bulgarian crown by reason of the succession of events which have occurred in my kingdom and which demand a sacrifice from each citizen even to the surrendering of oneself for the well-being of all i desire to give as the first example the sacrifice of myself despite the sacred ties which for thirty-two years have bound me so firmly to this country, for whose prosperity and greatness I have given all my powers. I have decided to renounce the royal Bulgarian crown in favor of my eldest son, His Highness the Prince Royal Boris of Tornovo. I call upon all faithful subjects and true patriots to unite as one man about the throne of King Boris, to lift the country from its difficult situation, and to elevate new Bulgaria to the height to which it is predestined before signing his declaration of abdication he had consulted with the party leaders and received their approval king ferdinand had lost his popularity ever since it became apparent that he had made a mistake in siding with the teutonic powers he was undoubtedly in fear that a revolution might upset the whole dynasty premier malinoff announced the abdication to the bulgarian parliament and the accession of prince boris to the throne was received with much enthusiasm the church bells were rung and great crowds gathered in the streets speaking from the steps of the palace the new king said i thank you for your manifestation of patriotic sentiments i have faith in the good star of bulgaria and i believe that the bulgar people by their good qualities and cooperation are directed to a brilliant future king ferdinand it was given out had renounced politics and was intending in the future to devote himself to his favorite pursuits chiefly to botany the surrender of bulgaria was at once recognized as the overthrow of germany's Mittel europa threat which had apparently been carried into effect when turkey and bulgaria joined the central powers it had for a long time been one of germany's most coveted aims after the franco-prussian war the german people had grown enormously in wealth and in numbers it had become one of the greatest manufacturing powers in the world its ships were transporting its commerce on every sea but it was not satisfied the german leaders most of whom were young men at the time of the war with france and had been deeply impressed by a sense of the german power were full of the idea that germany was the greatest of nations and that she should impress her will upon all the world they might have done this peacefully for the seas were free but german self-esteem was not satisfied with peaceful progress they felt it was necessary to reach out in the world for colonies they seized a province in china they meddled with affairs in morocco they annexed the colonies in africa but none of these projects were wholly satisfactory they provided no great outlet for the products of their workshops nor for their overflow population which largely went to north and south america and became citizens of these foreign nations their eyes finally turned to the great east there in china and india and the neighboring countries were three hundred millions of men whose trade would be a worthy prize for even germany's ambition then began the development of what is sometimes called germany's mittel europa dream her scholars encouraged it her travelers brought reports which stimulated the interest And soon she began practically to carry it into effect. It meant the building of a great railroad down to the Persian Gulf, a railroad to be controlled by nations where her influence was to be all powerful. She needed Austria, she needed Serbia, she needed Bulgaria and Turkey. At first, the project was carried out peacefully. Friendly relations were stimulated with Turkey and the other necessary powers. Permits were obtained to build the railroad. But Germany was not the only power that had dreamed this dream alexander the great had done it napoleon had done it and england had carried it out from the days of queen elizabeth the english control of india was one of its greatest assets through most of the nineteenth century the english power in the east was threatened not by germany but by russia it was because of this threat that england had always protected turkey turkey and constantinople were her barrier against russia the literature of england in the last days of the nineteenth century shows clearly her fear of Russian intrigues in India. Kipling's Indian stories are full of it. But now that fear had passed, it was no longer the imaginary danger which might come from the great Slavic Empire, but a trade weapon in the grasp of the most efficient military power ever developed that was threatening. Against this threat, England had been doing her best. Here and there, near the Persian Gulf, she had been extending her influence here and there as german consuls obtained concessions they would find them later withdrawn because england had stepped in yet just before the war england anxious for peace had come to an agreement with germany practically admitting the german plans to be carried out as far as baghdad it looked as though it were only a question of time but when the balkan wars established serbia as the greatest of the balkan powers and gave russia up a ponderating influence among the balkan nations and when it began to look as if some great Balkan state might be established which should be friendly to Russia and consequently a hindrance to the German scheme, then it was that it was necessary that war should come. The Germans had been wonderfully successful. For a time they controlled Austria, Bulgaria, Serbia, and Turkey, but with Bulgaria's fall the end had come. They were compelled to awake from their Mittel Europa dream. End of chapter 46